Welcome to the Honest Business Podcast. This is the show for ambitious, value-driven business owners who are actively building a business that works for them. Hi, I'm Mae James, and I'm here to make scaling your business easier and more rewarding than ever. Each week, we will dive into simple, sustainable strategy and pragmatic leadership discussion to support you as you take imperfect action on your entrepreneurial journey. If you want to stay ahead, exceed your growth goals, and have a purposeful, thriving business, then keep on listening. Hello and welcome back to the Honest Business Podcast. I hope you are very well. And today we are going to dive into pricing and talk more about the embodiment of pricing, which I don't know if that's something that you've heard about before. Uh, maybe it isn't. Maybe just intrigues made you tap on this episode. But this is a topic that's really important and is something that I talk to clients about a lot and is something that is worth you pondering on, thinking about working out what it means for you, if it means anything. So when we talk about price and embodiment, what I mean by that is when somebody goes to price something for the first time or then is maybe trying to sell something, there may be a disconnect. There might be a disconnect between the price that they are charging and what they believe is to be the right price or their energy doesn't match. So they may be know that they're undercharging and therefore they're not selling it because when they're doing any sales activity, it doesn't kind of hit. And the person who's the potential buyer doesn't really understand what is going on and what the point of it is. So today I'm going to talk through a couple of questions and answer those questions that come up often about this and also just give you some tips thrown in as well. So if you are undercharging let's just talk about that for example so if you're undercharging in the sense of you're aware of it so you know that you actually want to charge let's just say two thousand pounds for a project but you're actually only charging currently 500 pounds when you go to sell that it is highly likely that there's going to be a disconnect between your enthusiasm and your desire to sell it and what the other person then receives from whatever you say to them discuss with them show them And so what we've got to think about is how can you charge the £2,000 and feel really good about it and feel really confident about it? And that comes from a number of things. It also comes from time. You know, time makes it better. But a lot of the time, saying time a lot here, (laughs) a lot of the time that comes from you stepping into and embodying what that looks like for you. What does a person who sells the £2,000 project look like in a similar vein some of you might be in businesses where your contract value is huge so let's just say you've never sold a contract for a million pounds before and prior to that all you've sold is at ten thousand pounds so you want to like 100x the value you've then got to think about well how does that person react how does that person sell what does the person who sells million pound projects look like, talk like, feel like, approach things like, how do they live? And this isn't about you being someone that you're not or faking it until you make it or being disingenuous or inauthentic. It's about you understanding what does that look like for you? What does the version of that person, but with you and your values and your kind of position in the world with your opinions and your beliefs, what does that mean? And that's what you've got to explore and start thinking about, okay, who do I need to be to get there? What steps do I need to take to become comfortable with that? 
what am I currently not doing that I could be doing that would help us to get to that end point? And once you start really strategically thinking about that, it becomes less of a kind of away with the fairies intangible mindset issue and becomes more of a practicality issue and becomes more of a journey that you can go on with yourself to help drive this forward. This is a great episode to send to anyone in your team who also sells or is involved with the pricing of things in your business because everybody kind of needs to be on the same page with this and you need to have everybody who's selling whatever they're selling to be super comfortable at selling that rate. So the next point that comes up in that conversation is often about how do you make that shift? How can you be different? How can you change it up? Maybe you've identified that actually I do need to change this up. This isn't necessarily working. And now you're like, how do I actually do that? And my answer to this is lean into your intuition. Think about what feels like the right next move for you. Think about what would feel good. If you want to go from selling something from 500 to 2000 pounds, and it's the same offer with the same deliverables, this isn't about adding more to it, then I need you to think about what feels comfortable to be the next step. So for some people, when they work with me, they can go from 500 to 2,000 straight away because they really know that they're undercharging. Other people, they're going to go to 600 or 800. And then again, after they've sold a couple of those, they'll go to 1,200 or 1,500. And they keep adding a bit more and a bit more until that feels comfortable. Other people are happy to just go for it and are like, no, do you know what? I really understand my value and I really know that this is the right thing I need to be doing. And so then they just go for it. But in order for that to work, they have to do this embodiment piece. Now, this embodiment conversation for some people is going to happen in the space of hours. So they can reprogram themselves and really get themselves to a place where they're like, yeah, I totally get this and I'm on board with it. And then there's others who this is going to take years. Now, part of this, you get a choice in and get a say in and part of it, you don't. So, you know, you can decide in your conscious mind that this is happening. You can say, right, well, this is how it's going. We need to change this up. This isn't working. Let's move. Let's change this. And then part of you also will have a subconscious, which sometimes is the bit that takes a while to catch up. And you might have experienced this before if you've had success and you don't realize it or you struggle to identify it and actually it takes a few months for it to catch up with you it's a similar sort of thing with this price and embodiment so it might be that you need to kind of sit in that and work through it now a great way to do that is journaling and writing things down like actually scripting out stuff and saying i am someone who sells x you know level of package or i easily sell a million pound contracts like Starting to speak it into existence really does help. And I know that sounds a bit far-fetched for some people, but it really makes a difference. The more that you show up as that person you're aiming to be, the easier this all becomes. And I wish that people would take this more seriously because this is how you really reduce the amount of time that you spend in the kind of crossroads between what you want to be happening and what is happening. And sometimes when you're not hitting your goals or you're not at the point you want to be or not making the money or taking the money home that you want to, it can be a case of like you're doing all the strategic stuff right, all of the strategy stuff's in place, but this embodiment, this leadership, this stepping into the next level might not be there. 
And therefore it's almost like blocked. Like it's almost like energetically, like just not going to happen. And it's just like, uh, uh-uh, can't, can't work with that one. And that's really tricky and really frustrating for many people. But I want to remind you that you do have a say in it. For some people, that's they've got a hundred percent say. For most people, I'd say it's a sort of 70-30 split. And for some people, it will be a 50-50 split. But really work out what you want to be. Who do you want to be? What do you want to be? What do you want to be known for? And then pricing yourself accordingly, but really truly believing in that price that you've decided to go with. Now, the next question that comes up when we talk about this is how do you find the right price for your offer? Which is always a bit of a conundrum, right? So how do you find the right price for your offer? Obviously, the most sensible thing to do with that is work out what your costs are and understand a rough profit margin in the sense of how much does it cost you to actually deliver what you're delivering. And if you're a service provider, the cost cannot be zero. So you've got to think about your time. Think about anything else that you need to carry out what you're going to carry out. And then you also need to think about where's your brand placed in the market? What is your brand message? Where do you stand? Are you a luxury brand? Are you an affordable brand? Are you a mid-level brand? Are you someone who's exclusive? Are you not? What does that mean for you? And then also look at how much money do you want to make and really understand them why you need to understand why you want to make the money you want to make that's something that's so so key in all of this because you have to be clear in that don't just pick a random number out of thin air it's not going to serve you going back to how do you find the right price for your offer you've also got to think about value really 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 think about value driven pricing Think about what value are you adding to that person's life, whether that's tangible, intangible, whether that's time, money, happiness, confidence, peace of mind. Like, what is it that you're given value? And then you've got to try and quantify that, which is difficult and is hard. Yes, some of finding the right offer comes down to your market research and understanding, you know, what are people paying? What are people prepared to pay? What is the market saying? But I wouldn't use that as the be all and end all of how to do it. I wouldn't take 10 quotes and then say, right, well, they're all charging a thousand pounds. That means I've got to charge a thousand pound. Uh-uh, not necessary. Your pricing can be your differentiator. If everyone's charging a thousand pound, charge 5,000, see what happens. I think some people get really fixated on price and they forget that pricing can be an amazing lever, lever, <laughs> probably a better word, for creating differentiation in a crowded market. And people think it has to be something really complex when actually pricing can be a great one and can be a reason why people immediately will say yes or they'll immediately say no. Next up, this is a good question, which is how should pricing be adjusted to enter in new industries or areas when scaling slash expanding? So this is a really good thing because I think sometimes people wonder whether when they're scaling, if you're going to enter a different industry or sector do you have to then adjust your price to fit with that industry because inevitably there's sort of micro economies within industries and sort of set either verbally 
shared or non-verbally kind of comfort spots. And I talk quite a lot about this with clients, especially those who operate across multiple disciplines because it can come up, right? Something that someone in one industry might pay a hundred grand for, the other industry might pay 50 or might pay 500 pounds. And that can be for many reasons. Often it's to do with the size of the industry in the sense of the profit margin and what that profit margin runs on. Some industries naturally have a much higher profit margin than others. There's also a whole other reasons as to why that might be, but we're not going to go into those today necessarily. But my ultimate answer to this question is I don't believe that the pricing has to be adjusted most of the time. What has to be adjusted is the way that you communicate your value and the way you sell and your sales process and your sales system and your sales format and really understanding how does that customer and consumer need to be shown information and sold to in a way that they understand the price. Because the reality of it is, is pricing is very insignificant in the whole sea of reasons that people are going to buy. Many people believe and have a core belief that pricing is the be all and end all with sales and why someone's going to buy. And I try and fly the flag big time on that and say, listen, that is not the case. I'm not saying it's never the case, but most of the time it isn't if you've done a good job of the other stuff. If you haven't then it will be it'll always be it because people it's the easiest one for people to say it's like well the price is too high or i don't really get it no go away but that is actually rare if everything else is done really solidly so personally i would say no you don't need to adjust your price necessarily but you might need to tweak your offer so don't devalue what you do just to suit an industry. I think what's a really interesting one is this, for example, if you are doing something where you're serving public sector, a lot of people, if you serve public sector and private sector, people freak out when it's public sector and they think no one's got any money, nobody wants to buy, like it's all really difficult. And that is true to some degree. In which you package what you do is likely going to have to be different. If you work with big corporates and you're also working with people who just have a business idea and don't have any business, then inevitably what you give them is going to be very different. But the pricing shouldn't really change that much. It's about what are you actually giving people? So for example, instead of a whole done for you massive project where someone's paying £50,000, it might be that you give somebody a video that is a workshop and therefore is £50 for the other category that I've just described. But the the value is different in it, right? If you have one offer and one offer only and you're saying to me, well, I normally charge 50000 but I want to go and sell to this area and actually the going rate is 10000 then you have a decision to make of are you going to change the price or do you need to try other alternatives to help and people understand the price. And I would say you do the latter. And you also find out why that market that you're going into, why are you going into it? If it's sort of five times less profitable than the one that you're in. Now, there can be a whole host of reasons as to why you would do it, even though it's less profitable. But in terms of this conversation around pricing... I'd say be very careful of adjusting your pricing. 
and I'd actually adjust your pricing last is most often what I suggest to people. And there's a lot of other things that you can do before you get to that. Now, of course, if it's the other way, for example, and maybe your industry right now, it's £5,000 for something that you do. If you are entering into an industry where actually the ability for you to earn money is that you can charge £50,000 for the same thing, would you be silly to not charge them 50000 Well, I suppose, yeah, sure. Like, I'm not sat here saying, don't make more money if you can. If it makes sense to, then fine. I think what my message, what I'm trying to say that my message is here, is that don't undersell yourself and don't make less money because you're trying to serve something and you think that X, Y, and Z industry has all these preconceived ideas. But sure, if you were entering into an industry where actually you can do the same thing and it's a normal rate to make loads of money, then go for it. And don't be some martyr and say, well, I'm only going to charge 5000 because, you know, then I'm doing people such a good deal and I can undercut them because you're just going to damage your industry or that industry that you're entering. And it doesn't need to be a race to the bottom. So you need to really think carefully about, you know, what do your actions do for the other people around you? Now, I'm not saying you need to internalize that and make it a really big thing. It doesn't need to be a big thing. But just having some kind of constructual understanding of that does help. Number five, next question, is around what do you do when you're pricing way above your industry average slash going rate? Again, this is a really good question. Ultimately, again, this is about value. But it's also about service and brand and understanding your customers essentially are going to buy from you for a specific reason you need to understand what that reason is how many different reasons are they and why are they choosing to spend with you and not the many other people that they could do that's way cheaper ultimately I'll go back to what I said before about price not being this big lever that everyone thinks it is and I'm not saying that pricing doesn't matter hopefully you're seeing that that's actually the complete opposite of what I'm saying But what I am saying is that quality of service, reliability, ease of transaction, they are all strong enough emotional levers for people to pay way above a normal rate. That is why luxury markets exist. It is why products for the top 1% of people or the top 5% of people or the world's top performers exist because certain people value different things to other people and therefore they're happy more than happy they're overjoyed to pay more but what you can't do is create something that's average and stick a massive price tag on something because it does not work and it will not work long term it can work for a small period of time but if you want longevity and sustainability it won't And so really understanding, you know, how do you get better at what you do? How are you creating something that's worth X amount of money that you're placing on it? And the more that you can articulate that, the more you can really lean into why is that valuable, the more answers you're going to find over time and the better your business will become. But ultimately, if you're pricing way above industry average, you need a rocket. You need to be like, this is why we're so amazing. This is why you need to use us. You know, even if you charge three times the amount of a going rate, why should we? 
That's what we need to know. And that's what you need to make very, very clear. But there's a lot of businesses that do this very well. But they do it through strong brands, strong market and strong messaging and really efficient and easy sales processes. It can't be a really tricky thing to buy from you. Otherwise, that is really draining and really annoying and really boring. And people will go. The other thing about that is, if you are pricing way above industry average, your delivery has to be so good and it has to be so good consistently all of the time. And you need to make sure that when people are referring, because often if you're priced way above industry average, referral will come into a lot of your growth strategy. That referral system has to be really solid and beneficial for the three parties, for you, for your person who's referring and the referee who has been told to buy from you. And when you get that together, you can have a really beautiful business that's really flowing and full of opportunity and profit. Final question in this price and embodiment Q&A situation. If you have more questions about pricing, please send them through and we can do another one on this because I think pricing is such an interesting topic. Number six is how do you balance the need to remain competitive with the necessity of achieving profitability through pricing? This is an absolute core of a question. I wish I had a bell or some sort of like, yay thing, because this is an absolute killer question, particularly for businesses who are scaling. If you are raising investment, if you've done your investment round, like if you've got money to spend, if you are looking forward, if you're like, we're scaling rapidly, we're keeping on going, this question will come up. How do you balance the need to remain competitive, but also achieve profitability? Because as we mentioned before, racing to the bottom of an industry is shit and it's not what you want to do and I wouldn't recommend it. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help the rest of the peers around you. It is not a good move. There's nothing wrong with choosing to go with a strategy of being an affordable brand or an accessible brand or something where you can serve the masses. That's fine. But what you don't want to be doing is trying to like beat your competitors out the water and then end up that you're in a loss anyway, but the whole industry has suffered. So how do you balance that? Ultimately, this comes back to value again. So you have to understand what does the definition of competitive mean and what are the features of having a competitive advantage? Now, value comes up in that a lot. And ultimately, it's about how are you adding value without adding more cost. So I would say is stick your price as your price, keep your price as your price. You want to look at how do you add more to it versus how do you take stuff away and make the price less? Or worst case scenario, keeping all the deliverables the same and everything that you're going to give someone the same, but still dropping the price anyway. That's a disaster waiting to happen. Please don't do it. Really wouldn't recommend. So what you need to look at is how are we layering more and more value into this? to get people to really be on board and feel like they are a standout. It's an easy yes from them because they're like, well, this business is offering this, 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 and this. It's this cost. I'm going to go with it. And yes, sometimes that is physical deliverables. It's like, well, what exactly are they getting for their money? But it also can be intangible things too. In terms of practical things of, well, what can you add on that doesn't cost you loads of money? That is things like 
can you add an in-person element to a service? So maybe you can add some kind of physical workbook that they receive in the post or some kind of gift or something like that that adds something that someone else isn't doing. Can it be that you add some kind of learning resource to it or something that you make once and can be shared with multiple people at one time? What you don't want to be doing here to remain competitive is like add more stuff where your time is going to be sucked up because that isn't going to help. But there's nothing wrong with adding other layers to what you're doing. And I've got some clients that are doing really interesting stuff with this right now. And this year we've been building out really interesting offers where they're sort of adding bits together that's never really, they've not seen before, but is working in a really interesting way. So for example, maybe it's that you've got a SaaS product or some sort of technology product But how can you package that with something else that then makes the value even better? I.e., if you've got software, providing a space for people to learn how to use the software is perfect. Or providing a space of health space on a regular basis for people to actually utilize it and actually do something with it. Great. Bingo. Beautiful. That can help people have a competitive advantage and keeping your pricing working out. What you will have is that there's always going to be some consumers who just want the cheapest thing and they don't care about any other thing. And that's fine. There will be certain businesses that cater to that. And if that's you, great. If it's not, no problem. Don't sweat. Don't panic. You have to pick and understand where you want your business to be set and where you want it to kind of live in the ecosystem of competitors because you thinking that you don't have any competitors is the worst thing you can possibly do you thinking that you've got a few competitors is also bad because the majority of people have hundreds if not thousands of competitors if not you know some industries there we are millions of people doing what you do it still doesn't mean that you can't have a competitive advantage. It also, I want to just say, you don't have to have a competitive advantage. Everyone talks about this and talks about, you know, it's got to be a competitive advantage. I mean, yeah, great if you can, but you don't have to. Sometimes you just got to have a really bloody good product. You got to know how to market and sell. And if you do that, that in itself is your competitive advantage. Some businesses you know that are household names that you are really aware of are only successful because they've managed to get the message to you and therefore you associate X, Y, and Z thing with them. That correlation is beautiful. That correlation is fascinating. And that's where the saying that has come from, where people say that it's very rarely that the best person in the world at X thing is the best person. It's just that they're seen and they're heard and people can visibly know who they are. For example, celebrities or just well-known people in certain fields, it's not necessarily that they're the best. They just know how to market and get themselves out there and be visible. But that comes from understanding why they're doing what they're doing and being strategic. And so hopefully this episode today has helped you see that and maybe helped you think about things in a different light or maybe just thought, actually, yeah, I don't think I am embodying my pricing enough. Or maybe I've lowered my price too much or maybe I'm focusing on pricing just too much altogether and I don't need to I need to look at other areas I hope today that that has made you think and maybe tweaked something in your head that's thought ah I'm gonna explore that more I will be back next week for another episode I will speak to you soon take care and have a great week bye thanks for listening to the honest business podcast if you enjoyed today's episode make sure that you are subscribed and if you'd like to support the podcast please share it with others and leave a rating and review 
To catch up with all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at may.james underscore, where I share the raw, uncut, behind-the-scenes reality of what running multiple businesses every day truly looks like. As always, links and any resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes below. That's all for this episode, and I look forward to seeing you next time.